Hey folks, I want to tell you about my good friends at Badger Custom Grips. Uh, if you're tired of your same old boring grips on your revolver and you're ready to add a touch of style and personalization, look no further. Badger Custom Grips is here to revolutionize your shooting experience. Go to www.badgercustomgrips.com today and unleash your creativity. If you're not sure where to start, they have a team of experienced professionals led by a passionate Gamecock alumnus and owner ready to assist you every step of the way from choosing the right grip material to designing unique patterns and engravings. They will help you create a one-of-a-kind grip that perfectly matches your revolver. And here's a special offer for all of our listeners. If you use the discount code RISE, that's R-I-S-E, like Carolina Rise, during checkout, you'll get a special discount on your first purchase. So go visit www.badgercustomgrips.com today and explore their extensive selection of custom grips for Smith & Wesson, Colt Revolvers, any other brand you may want. That is Badger Custom Grips, owned again by proud Gamecocks, proud sponsors of Carolina Rise and the Late Night Gamecocks show with Matt Anderson. And now, here's Matt. You're hanging out After Hours with Matt Anderson, presented by Inside the Gamecocks. Welcome into the Late Night Gamecocks show. This is episode 13 of the show, and I'm so glad to be here with you tonight. I'm recording this show on Thursday, July 27th, 2023. As always, welcome back. My name is Matt Anderson, and I'm your host for all things Gamecocks After Dark. You can reach me at latenightgamecockshow at gmail.com or on the Big Spur message boards under the username Matt Anderson. A quick reminder, this show records twice per week, so that's twice per week, usually on Mondays and Thursdays. Again, thank you for joining me tonight, and with that being said, let's get on with the show. So tonight's show might be a little shorter than usual in case some things pop up here. Um, probably shooting for 35, 40 minutes, a little less than the normal 50. But if you didn't get a chance to listen to Monday's show, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to it. J.C. Sherbert joined me, joined me, and we went for two hours. We were both kind of unplugged a bit, just kind of shooting off the hip, kind of having a, a friendly conversation, the kind of stuff J.C. and I normally talk about. But we talked a ton of a ton of the past, present, and future Gamecock coming and goings, talked about recruiting, talked about NIL, talked about Carolina Rise. We talked about some old recruiting classes. We talked about some TV shows. I mean, really, it was kind of a – all things under the sun type episode. And it was a really fun episode to record. And I'm so appreciative to JC for hopping on and giving us so much of his time. Some stuff off the top. If you missed the news, South Carolina versus North Carolina in Charlotte to open the season has been selected as the show location for ESPN's college game day. Off memory, this, I think it's going to be the first time South Carolina has been associated with a college game day production since 2014. So it's always good to be featured prominently on that show and get showcased for the entire nation. And you're seeing that excitement right now through ticket sales. Ticket sales are already pretty good, but they've kind of exploded here lately. And Bank of America Stadium and the folks in charge there are talking about a potential sellout. So I know ticket prices are kind of expensive. It's been a um, been a point of contention with a lot of Gamecocks who, who would like to go to the game. I think that um, last I checked, tickets were probably in like the 190, 250 range to get into the game. And 
if you're on the fence about going to the game, you might as well buy your ticket now because it's going to be a heck of a heck of a ball game and a heck of an atmosphere that entire day in Charlotte. Some quick football notes. We are building up to the second cookout of the summer this week, and it's shaping up to be a great event with a ton of promising recruits scheduled to make an appearance. It's worth mentioning, though, that the list is still in flux, so there might be some last-minute additions or cancellations, but it's particularly interesting to note that most of the recruits are from the 2025 recruiting class, only two from 2024, and I think there's a handful, maybe five from 2026. Uh, A quick key update here um, that involves four-star Ohio State commitment Jonte Gilbert, who is actually a five-star on the 24-7 composite, I believe. But he's from Atlanta, Georgia. He was originally uh, going to come to the cookout on Friday, but his plans have changed. And he's going to be visiting South Carolina actually today. So today, Thursday. So he's been on campus today and had had a really, hopefully had a really good time. I know that He's a major flip candidate for the Gamecocks, and most of the folks that I talk to think that even though he's committed to Ohio State, he might actually be favoring the Gamecocks at this time. So definitely a guy to keep an eye out on, definitely somebody that could potentially potentially kind of jumpstart the recruiting class for 2025. But I want to do a quick rundown of the latest Um, lineup of athletes who are currently scheduled to attend and this is just based on our latest information we'll start with the 2024 class Um, the crown jewel i talk about him all the time dylan stewart Um, he's the the 10th ranked player in the 24 7 composite a five star six foot five 235 pounder really big time that he's going to be at the cookout anytime you get a kid like that on campus that's already probably favoring the gamecocks that's a big deal Jalewis Solomon is another kid from the 2024 class, and the last kid that I know about right now from the 2024 class that'll be in attendance. He's a four-star, top 250 kid out of um, Georgia. Six foot one, 185 pounds. He's on commitment watch now. Um, he has a commitment scheduled for August 5th. I, I do think it'll go all the way to August 5th. So, if you were thinking that he might pop this weekend, I don't think that's going to be the case. And and we'll talk a little bit more about Dylan Stewart and Drew Lewis Solomon a little later in the show. Moving on to the 2025 class, um, Amari Adams from South Florence, my alma mater in Florence, South Carolina. He is a six foot three and a half, 290 pound defensive lineman. Um, originally started his career at Lake City High School, but transferred to South Florence this past year. He is a top 100 kid in the 24 7 composite. Offers from Alabama, Arkansas, Auburn, Clemson, Florida State, obviously South Carolina. Um, Going to be a big kid next year in the recruiting class. And right now, uh, I would say that the Gamecocks will lead for his services. Continuing to move through these 2025 guys that are going to be at the cookout. Um, six foot two, 185-pound wide receiver Thomas Blackshear. He's um, currently unranked right now on um, 24-7 sports and in the 24-7 sports composite, but... I think that'll change here soon. Obviously, he's a he has an offer from South Carolina, also has offers from Alabama, Auburn, Boston College, Cincinnati. So he's definitely got a, a four star credential list. Um, so we'll see if he gets bumped up to high three, four stars here pretty soon. Gamecocks are always looking for tight ends, and um, another t- tight end in the twenty twenty five class is Ethan Barber, 
six foot three, two hundred fifteen pounds out of Alpharetta, Georgia. The hundred sixty third ranked player overall in the twenty four seven composite. Another four star. Offers from Alabama, Auburn, Colorado, Florida, Florida State, South Carolina. Um, a kid that is high up on the Gamecocks board, and it's great to have him at the cookout as well. The Gamecocks have done quite well with tight ends lately, and there's a definite story to tell when it comes to the tight end position in South Carolina. The next guy on the list is a top 50 kid in the composite rankings. Uh, Bryce Davis, a six foot three, 245-pound defensive end out of Greensboro, North Carolina. Like I said, ranked 49th in the country overall. He's got a lot of big offers. Alabama, Clemson, South Carolina, Duke, East Carolina. I mean, I'm just looking at the five they're showing on his 24-7 recruiting page right now. But um, to be ranked that high in the country, obviously he has an offer list that is a long one. So excited for him to be there. Isaiah Gibson, another 2025 kid, defensive lineman, 6'5", 250, probably more of a defensive end at this point. From Warner Robins, Georgia, Warner Robins High School, longtime recruiting recruiting experts and recruiting people that follow recruiting will know that Warner, Warner Robins is a, a premier school out there in Georgia. He's ranked 254th in the country, a four-star. Got another guy with a lot of offers, Florida, Florida State, Georgia. So just getting these kids on campus so early is a big deal because you start making these relationships, you know, a recruiting class ahead of their commitment date. So – this is just a great list, guys, and I'm going to keep working through it. But we talked about Jontae Gilbert. He's not going to be at the cookout, but he is on campus. He's been on campus all day today. Garrick Gordon, an unranked kid, um, inside offensive lineman, 6'3 270, probably on the light side right now, but room to grow. He goes to Trinity Catholic in Ocala, Florida, you know, another just great, great high school, great track record. Not ranked right now, but – Starting to pick up some buzz. Got offers from Miami, Duke, South Carolina. So the coaches probably want to see him in person and see what he looks like, especially at 6'3", 270. The crown jewel of the 2025 class is going to be defensive lineman Elijah Griffin. Defensive defensive end, defensive tackle. Probably going to be inside, play inside in his career. But he's 6'5", 285 pounds. The number two overall player in the country. Obviously, he's a five-star Offer list is who's who of college football, Georgia, Alabama, Auburn, South Carolina, Boston College is listed on his page, but he's got offers from everybody in the country, and he was a late addition to this list, so really excited to get him. I think the Gamecocks are firmly in his top three. Another guy the Gamecocks might even be leading for, but I just haven't heard that from enough people where I would consider it solid intel at this point. We're going to keep working through here in the class of 2025. Another unranked prospect is... Demarcus Leach, a safety, 6'2", 180 pounds, out of Abbeville, South Carolina. Obviously, Abbeville, South Carolina isn't really a hotbed for recruiting, so he probably hasn't had a whole lot of eyes on him. But the fact that he was invited to this prestigious cookout tells me everything I need to know about him. He's got offers from South Carolina, Virginia Tech. Clemson and Georgia are looking at him, haven't pulled the, the trigger on an offer yet. But Demarcus Leach is another kid that's going to be at the cookout. Maybe one of my favorite names of the cookout is going to be 2025 four-star running back, Ladanian Martin. I mean, if you can pick a name for a running back, I think it would be Ladanian after Ladanian Tomlinson. I, I don't think he's named after Ladanian because the spelling is a little bit different. But he's 5'10", 175 pounds, a little bit higher ranked on 24-7 sports versus the composite. 24-7 sports has him at the 164th best player in the country. 
and the composite has them at 290. Um, kind of light on the offer list, South Carolina, Louisville, Tennessee. Also got some offers from Liberty, East Carolina, and Charlotte. So keep an eye on him. He might be someone that's making a rise in the recruiting rankings right now. Good to have him on campus. Another five-star, guys, um, Solomon, Tal- Solomon Thomas. Offensive tackle, 6'3", 278. You know, kind of on the light side for an offensive tackle, but this is a young kid that has all the measurables from Reigns High School in Jacksonville, Florida. Number 24 player in the in the 24-7 sports composite. 21st overall in 24-7 sports, so another five-star. So if you're keeping track at home, that is three five-stars so far that are going to be on campus, which is just humongous. Staying with the class of 2025, we have Tavian Wallace, a linebacker, 6'1", 197 pounds, out of Wayne County High School in Jessup, Georgia. Um, ranked 39th in the country overall, according to 24-7 Sports. Uh, just, I've never seen the amount of high-end, high high-quality recruits on campus at one time at South Carolina, especially this early. And to have them at the cookout so early, which is always a, a big deal for South Carolina, and, and they recruit very well at this cookout. So won't be surprised to see a lot of these 2025 kids come out of here with South Carolina as their leader. Same thing with these 2026 guys. Um, you're going to have to bear with me on this name, guys. It's an inside, line, inside offensive lineman, 6'4", 336, from Trinity Catholic in Ocala, Florida. So two kids from Trinity Catholic are going to be at the event. Not ranked just because a lot of these 2026 guys aren't ranked yet. But his name is Genevieve Carr. Um, already got offers from South Carolina and Florida out of, you know, out of the class of 2026. So someone that's probably going to be a high-end recruit here in the future. Jazavion Currents, a cornerback, 6'2 194 pounds from South Point. Not ranked right now, but we all know South Point and Rock Hill, South Carolina is kind of kind of the DB, DBU of um, high school ranks. The cornerbacks that come out of the cornerbacks and DB safeties that come out of South Point, obviously we remember Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Holloman, you know, all of those kids who who played together and were just were just awesome. Again, none of these 2026 20, guys are ranked yet, but um, the offer list, you know, we look at major college offers for Jazavion Currents, Arkansas, Boston College, South Carolina. So excited about him. Um, a quarterback. A quarterback is on the list. Landon Duckworth, a quarterback that goes 6'3", 187 pounds from Jackson High School in Jackson, Alabama. Not ranked, but already has offers from South Carolina, Nebraska, Mississippi State, Florida, Arkansas. The fact that Nebraska has also offered tells me that he's been on the radar for the Gamecocks for a little bit. And Coach Satterfield, who's now the offensive coordinator at Nebraska, probably has handpicked him. And we know that say what you want about Satterfield and his offensive coordinating abilities, but he knew how to pick quarterbacks at the high school ranks and, and was a great recruiter of quarterbacks. So really happy to get him on campus, and we'll, we'll see what transpires there. This guy is going to be – one of the top top ranked recruits in the country in the class of 2026. Offensive tackle, Darius Gray, 6'3", 290, out of Richmond, Virginia. Not ranked yet, but has offers from South Carolina, Penn State, North Carolina, Michigan, and Alabama already. And one thing that I will say is when, when Eric Wolford, who is the offensive line coach at Alabama, longtime offensive line coach at South Carolina, Eric Wolford knows how to knows how to scout these kids, and he's a tremendous recruiter. So the Gamecocks have their work cut out for them. 
But it's really cool that on his 24-7 profile picture, he's wearing um, a Gamecock shirt from either a camp at South Carolina, another camp he went to. So Darius Gray, offensive tackle, 6'3", 290, and named to, to remember for Gamecock recruiting class in 2026. Desmond Green from St. Stephen, South Carolina, goes to Timberland High School. Inside offensive lineman, 6'4", 325, already has an offer from Georgia and South Carolina. So St. Stephen, South Carolina, not a school that gets a lot of recruiting traction, but always great to get these kids in early, especially these homegrown kids. And knowing that Georgia's already offered them as well for an inside offensive lineman, I think it tells you all you need to know. So that's the list. Um, you know, it took me about 10 minutes to get through all those guys, but just be on the lookout on the bigspur.com. There's going to be a lot, a lot of coverage from this event. You're going to get a lot of interviews that come out of here. I'm not going to be surprised if South Carolina is the leader for a lot of these kids coming off this big weekend. So keep an eye out. If you're not a member of the big spur, go ahead and, and join because you're not going to want to miss all the coverage that comes out of this, this July cookoff or cookout, I should say. So let's talk about some of the recruits. Um, I like to give all of you just, you know, a biweekly update. It's the best. I think it's one of the best things that I can do for y'all because I do hear things throughout the week that don't always make it to the message boards um, right away, but eventually do. But it's the status quo for Dylan Stewart. I still feel really good about where the Gamecocks stand with Dylan. I continue to call the Gamecocks the leader in the clubhouse. As I mentioned last show, Nick Harbor was essentially done to the Gamecocks months and months and months before Oregon came in with a really strong NIL deal that almost had him headed to Eugene in the middle of the night before signing day. He was up to, I don't think he slept at all that night, you know, making that decision between South Carolina and Oregon. Eventually he chose South Carolina, but you can't, you can never count your chickens before they hatch. And in this recruitment, uh, it's a, it's a national guy. It's a top 10 kid in the country. So, you know, say what you want. I think the Gamecocks are in a good spot here, but it's never done until it's done, as we learned on, on last last podcast with JC. However, South Carolina isn't a good place right now. Ohio State's their main competition. It's probably a South Carolina-Ohio State battle. To a lesser degree, Miami's also in the picture, but I can't see him going to Miami. It's going to be South Carolina or Ohio State, and right now South Carolina is the leader in the clubhouse behind the scenes. Jalewis Solomon, he's a different case. For a long time, I thought that this would be a Florida State-South Carolina battle, but Auburn is, is still out there on the outskirts, kind of hanging around, uh, kind of like that that guy at the bar that's just waiting for last call to see you know what happens with other people talking to other, other girls. Uh, Auburn does have his brother on their football team right now, so they do have a story to tell, but I don't think it's going to be Auburn in the end. It's huge that Jalewis Solomon is coming to the cookout, and it's even bigger news that he's, he came down a day early. So he'll, he'll be in Columbia tomorrow on Friday, a day ahead of the cookout. At one point, I was very skeptical about him attending the cookout, but you know he will be there, and like I said, he'll be there a day early. I look for the Gamecocks to make a big push here as we come to the finish line. As JC noted earlier this week, the Gamecock coaching staff feel like Jalewis Solomon's a three-and-done college player, has a bright future in the NFL. If I was putting odds on it right now, and this is just this is the information I had before his visit, I would lean to South Carolina at 45%, 
Florida State at 40%, and Auburn 15%. That's just coming into the visit. I know the coaches feel good about their position with them, and I think with a strong showing this week, this weekend, I think that you can see the Gamecocks increasing those percentages, maybe up to 55 60%. But as I've said before, this is a kid where I don't think that I don't think his recruitment is done until ink meets paper. But I know that um, it's just really it's too close to call right now. Him making the trip, though, with his mom in tow is a big deal. This will be the Gamecocks' last push. If I'm a betting man, and spoiler alert, I am. I love to bet on college basketball, college football. Not more than I can afford to lose, but it just makes watching sports a lot more fun in my mind. But if I'm a betting man, I think the Gamecocks will be in the lead after this weekend. And they're just going to have to survive a late visit to Auburn with both Auburn and Florida State kind of double-teaming the Gamecocks on some negative recruiting to try and sway him away from Columbia. But the plan for him from an NIL standpoint, the plan for him for his role in the team and his NFL future and everything else will be laid out in great detail this weekend. And I think that Lewis is really going to like what, what he hears from Shane Beamer and company. So there we have it. It's an exciting mix of four- and five-star talents set to gather at South Carolina's cookout this week. Stay tuned for more updates as they come throughout the weekend. And there's always a chance that more kids will show up and pop up on the guest list later on, but I can only give you the information I have right now. If you include John Tay on this list, there's going to be four five-stars, seven four-stars, and eight unranked kids, with five of those unranked kids being 2026 guys at the cookout. So it's, it is an elite group of players that are going to make their way to Columbia this weekend. And I know that the coaching staff will be ready for them. Some other players we need to talk about really quick. Um, JC Sherbert put a crystal ball projection in for athlete Zamarion Lang. He's a three, he's a high three star in the recruiting rankings, ranked 549th player in the country, six foot two, 170 pounds, and the Gamecocks are in great shape here to get his commitment here in a few days. He'll likely start out as a, at a at wide receiver at South Carolina, but Torian Gray also loves his potential on the defensive side of the ball if offense doesn't work out. There was some message board scuttlebutt about Jonathan Paler and the Gamecocks taking Lang to fill Paler's spot, but that's not true. Excuse me, Lang has been a guy the Gamecocks have been on for a bit now, and he would have been a take on either side of the ball for the Gamecocks. And, and honestly, Jonathan Paler isn't gone to NC State yet, but things are certainly trending in North Carolina State's direction ahead of his commitment. Justin Stepp hasn't given up, and he and Paler have a great relationship. So I think it comes down to the wire, and this could be a situation where the Gamecocks went out on a stronger, longer type situation, especially if the Gamecocks can do a little bit more from an NIL standpoint for Paler. I don't think the Gamecocks have to outspend North Carolina State here, but the NI deal probably needs to be sweetened just as things stand right now and the decisions that Jonathan's having to make. I don't know that the NIL money will get much sweeter for Paler at Paler Low. I can tell you that in a recruitment like this, where Paler was a heavy, heavy South Carolina lean, that name, image, and likeness has definitely come into play in this recruitment. Don't count the Gamecocks out by any means, but if I had a crystal ball right now, it would be on North Carolina State. This one stings because they call this kid the missile for a reason, and the coaches of South Carolina had planned to use him all over the field, kind of in a Devo Samuel role, an Ace Sanders role, um, a Tyreek Hill, 
Tavon Austin type role. Uh, he was kind of going to be a, a jack of all trades, Swiss Army knife, and and Paler was all about that plan at South Carolina. This is a case where the current commitments and the coaches will be putting in the work to bring Paler to the Garnet and Black next season. But as of right now, I would expect him to commit to NC State when he makes his announcement, unless some things change on South Carolina's end. Nothing has changed with Daniel Hill. It's still a Gamecocks versus Alabama battle, and both schools continue to recruit him hard. Right now, I still lean to South Carolina at this time, and the Gamecock coaches think the same thing. I wouldn't read too much into him not coming to the cookout this weekend. It's a long drive for a one-day event. Would the Gamecocks like him there? Absolutely. But they understand why he isn't able to make the trip, and there are no hard feelings there, and there's no there's no stress coming from the Gamecock side of things because Daniel Hill is not going to be at the cookout. So, God, just, <coughs> golly. I don't know when I got old and started sneezing loudly, but there you go. hope that didn't hurt y'all's ears too bad. Um, so that puts a bow on football for this week. I'm sure there are going to be a bunch more to come out of the cookout, and I'll let everybody know how things went next week when we catch up. A quick, quick whip around to some other sports in South Carolina. South Carolina women's basketball is poised to land a commitment from five-star or 2024 recruit Madison McDaniel. Um, she'll, she'll probably go public with that commitment in a few days. She's ranked number 11th overall in her class. She's a five foot five point guard out of Upper Marlboro, Maryland. And I did watch some of her highlights today um, just to kind of get a feel for what kind of player she is. And highlights can only tell you so much. But she does look to be like a great shooter. She has excellent form. The highlights were all were all swishes and the and the pretty kind of swishes, you know. A lot of rotation on the shot, high, you know, high spin rate if you want to do like a baseball term there, and the arc was um, pretty great. So Really good shooter. Um, a shooter has long been needed in the Lady Gamecocks program, and I think that this girl can do it. Um, she was pulling up off the dribble and just swishing, swishing jumpers from three-point range. So um, normally if you can pull up off the dribble, you can shoot standing still as well. So really excited to hopefully watch her in the Lady Gamecocks program soon. And just watching her highlights, she showed great fundamentals in her bounce passes and transition. That's something that takes – a lot of nuance. Not everybody can can you know put the spin on the ball you need to on a bounce pass, and especially you know in transition when it's a two on one fast break and you make the defender commit. Every highlight I saw, she did that every single time. So really, really good player. She was heavily recruited by pretty much all the blue bloods in the country when it comes to women's basketball, and will likely be picking South Carolina over Tennessee publicly here in a few days. On the men's side of things, five-star guard Cam Scott has set a commitment date. Scott's out of out of South Carolina, out of Lexington, long, has long been the Gamecocks' top priority in this year's recruiting class, and the Gamecocks might be his pick. I haven't picked up much intel on Cam in a few weeks. I'm trying to get more info ahead of his announcement. At one point, things looked really good for the Gamecocks. Duke kind of backed off of him, and there were some coaching changes throughout the country, and it looked like Cam was going to go to the good guys. But then kind of out of nowhere, Cam like reopened his his recruitment after Ole Miss hired Chris Beard, who was fired from Texas, which he had he did have some warm and fuzzies about Chris Beard at Texas. It, it's sad, but right now I kind of get the feeling that he's looking for a reason not to come to South Carolina. But I hope that I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong in that. 
Gigi Jackson is actually helping in this recruitment, not really kind of trying to steer Cam Scott to South Carolina, but also not telling Cam that he had a bad time at South Carolina. Because despite some rough patches, Gigi was taken care of as a player and also from an NIL perspective during his time with South Carolina. I think the NBA draft process kind of matured Gigi a little bit and he could kind of reflect on his time at South Carolina. And I think he's going to be an asset for the Gamecocks going forward despite being a second-round pick and not a lottery pick. But Gigi was taken care of from an NIL perspective, and that's one of the things that moves the needles a lot for these high school basketball players. So knowing that Gigi was taken care of and all the promises came through is, is, is really big for Cam Scott. The hope is that Cam will choose to be a Gamecock and follow in Gigi's footsteps, keeping the best players home from South Carolina. Cam is down to Auburn, Alabama, Oregon, South Carolina, Ole Miss, and Texas. I don't think it's going to be Oregon, Auburn, or Texas. I think it's an Alabama, South Carolina, Ole Miss battle down the stretch. And if you're a Gamecock fan, just cross your fingers. You know, nobody has been around the basketball program as a recruit more than Cam Scott. Has No one has been a bigger priority for as long as Cam Scott. I mean, Cam Scott's been, you know, truthfully a bigger priority than Gigi Jackson was because it just didn't look like there was any way Gigi was going to come to South Carolina. There were a lot of rumors Gigi might have come with Frank Martin, but at the end of the day, you know, he picked North Carolina, and I think that's where his heart was at that point in time. So Cam Scott's been recruited a really long time by multiple staffs. Uh, Lamont Paris made him priority numero uno, even ahead of last year's team, um, outside of Gigi when he became available. So cross your fingers if you're a Gamecock fan for Cam Scott. So Gamecock baseball has had some action here lately. Um Got a got a couple got a couple new commitments. Um, one of my favorite names is um, pitcher Maximus McClellan. Um, he goes by Max McClellan, but his, his first name is Maximus, which is really freaking cool. Um, he's ranked the 291st player overall in Perfect Game. Riley Goodman. Um, he is a I don't know what position Riley plays. I will have to look that up, guys. I, I'm just going off off of memory here. But Riley Goodman's um, ranked 414th in the country. And then Ryder Garino is a, is a right-handed pitcher. Um, some people compare him to Will Sanders at the same the same stage of his development and career so far as a high school player. But um, he's now in the top 500 players in the country. Um, Moralando, we've talked about him a lot. He um, is now the number one high school player in the country. So... Um, Love to see him in Garden in Black, but you know, don't get your hopes up on um, PJ Morlando coming to the Gamecocks. But having him as a commitment is still huge for the program. Shortstop Dalton Wentz, he um, is now 61st ranked in the country. He dropped from 35th in the country according to Perfect Games rankings. And Carson Messina, a right-handed pitcher, and these are all um, commitments, by the way, y'all. Um, Carson Messina, right-handed pitcher, he dropped from 62 to 91st in the country in the rankings, and Shortstop Eric Parker dropped from 34th in the rankings to 96th. So while it stinks to see these guys kind of drop in the rankings, it might be good for their long-term projectability to get to South Carolina. And there's nothing to sneeze at being a top 100 kid in the country. So really excited the Gamecocks have four of them in recruiting class. Three of the four have a chance to come to school as well. So it'll be all about what kind of dollar value they set there. And, um, and where they end up getting drafted. As always, if it's a top 10 draft pick, just bank on them not coming to school or returning to school if they're uh, if they're an underclassman. But 
that's the Gamecock baseball recruiting whip around. Um, we whipped around through a couple sports today, which is a lot of fun. I'm, I'm really getting excited to talk about basketball again. I know that right now football kind of takes center stage for everybody and, and me too. But um, basketball season will be here before you know it. The season cranks up in November. So, you know, we're only three and a half months away from basketball season really, you know, picking up as well. And I, I, I'm cautiously optimistic about the men's team. I'm fairly optimistic about the girls' team. I don't know if they'll be number one in the country, you know, the entire season like they have been recently, but the Gamecock girls' team is still going to have a, a really good squad. Some Gamecock baseball coaching notes. South Carolina head coach Mark Kingston and the Athletics Administration have reached an agreement on an amended contract. Um, it's pending approval from the Board of Trustees, but that's just that's just something that happens. I wouldn't worry about this going through the board. But the meeting for the approval is scheduled for August 18th, and the full details of the contract were not provided, but it's expected that Coach Kingston will receive a slight salary increase, which will be the first since he became a head coach six years ago. Um, there's going to be some additional years added to his contract, and right now, Right now, King's earning $600,000 per year and has two years remaining on his contract. So I'm anticipating something around a a two- to three-year extension, probably a three-year extension. We'll have to look at the buyout situation, not because I want Coach Kingston gone, but just I always like to look at the buyout situations and head coaches because you just never know what's going to happen, you know, both ways. Maybe the coach wants to go somewhere else. Maybe, you know, the coach has to get fired. But I'll be really interested in those buyout numbers, and we should find that out August 18th. Additionally, assistant coach Monty Lee is set to receive uh, an improved contract as well. He's going to get a pay raise, and he's going to go from a one-year deal to a two-year deal. Previously, South Carolina assistant coaches were not on multi-year contracts, but Monty Lee has now been offered a two-year deal. A similar offer previously made to Justin Parker before he left for Mississippi State. So expect to see Monty Lee get a sizable payday, uh, pay raise. And then, you know, having him on a two-year deal really does help with recruiting because at that point, recruits just know that their their coach is going to be around for a little bit. But that's going to do it for this week, folks. I told you this episode might be a bit shorter, and I'm happy to give you all some time back in your day. Some scheduling notes. Starting this weekend, I'll begin rewatching every game of last year's um, South Carolina football season, like I do every year at, at this point in the year. I'm going to continue to bring you recruiting news in each and every episode, but the latter parts of the next few shows will be breaking down each game from last season, the good, the bad, the in-betweens. This year's offense especially is slated to look a lot different than last year's, but you can always gather some insight based on how the guys played last year and what could be in store this season, both for the team and individual players. And as fall camp opens, I'll also be bringing you guys all the intel and behind-the-scenes stuff I can talk about um, so when you watch last year's results, coupled with what you're hearing about the guys on the team and you know what they're trying to do in, in fall fall practice, uh, you can kind of get a get a feel for how the season is going to go. So exciting times ahead with SEC media days behind us and fall camp starting. It, it's really feeling like football season is upon us. I appreciate each and every one of you for listening tonight. It means the world to me that we have grown this podcast so quickly. Well, it's not really it's a podcast right now, but it's going to be a show just like JC's here soon. But as a reminder, you can get in touch with me by emailing me at latenightgamecockshow at gmail.com, or you can find me on the Big Spur message boards under the name Matt Anderson. 
If you aren't a member of the Big Spur yet, now is the perfect time to join as we'll be bringing great content and behind-the-scenes insight as the season begins. So come join the fun. And lastly, if you're considering financially supporting Gamecock NIL, please um, consider Carolina Rise and give J.C. Sherbert a shout. He's doing some really fun things for members right now, and he's also doing some really awesome things for businesses that would like to contribute. So either on an individual level or business level, um, it'd be great because every dollar helps. And as you can tell from the past few episodes, we're in a new world with recruiting right now. And it's, it's really important that everyone who can give does give a little something when they can or monthly or, or whatever. But tell a friend about NIL and let's continue to spread the message about what NIL is and what it is it is not. Education about NIL and power in numbers is the key here. So I'm not going to bring this up every single episode, guys, but, you know, right now it is kind of pertinent and there's some things behind the scenes where NIL would really help. So just wanted to pass that message along. And I hope that all of you have a great weekend and I look forward to catching up with you all on Monday and I'll talk to you real soon. Have a good one, y'all.